good morning everyone welcome to our sunday school lesson today and today we are going to be in sorry putting my notifications down or turning off my notifications we are in session 11 almost done with this season already Let's see here sorry for the Sorry for the late start. We, I think I have a solution for that, but I think it's everybody connecting at the top of the hour. So everybody's trying to go live at the same time. I think that may be what it is. I'm not sure, but I always try to get it started five minutes ahead of time, but everybody's already streaming by then. I don't know if it's some kind of scheduling thing or whatever, but we'll get it figured out to where we can get started right at 10 at least. Okay, we're in session 11. Isaiah chapter 53, we're going to read verses, we're going to read through verses 1 and 12, 1 through 12, but the title of today's lesson is God Justifies, and before we really jump into that, let's think about the current sport that everybody is in. Yeah, it's funny because with pandemic and everything, the current, or the, the transition into these sports is already happening, even though we just got done with one sport. I'm talking about basketball. It was a few weeks ago. But yeah, it was a few weeks ago that we finished up that season. But then now we're already starting into that season because, again, pandemic, it delayed it that long. And then football kind of had a late start. And I'm pretty sure they're probably going to have to, like, not have their usual things go on. Not only because they're not making enough revenue, but because it's just that time of pandemic. Things are starting to ramp up. Things are starting to get worse in a lot of these things. But thinking about football, thinking about the sport that we're, the season that we're currently in and usually in, we see sometimes a penalty flag. The referees will throw out a penalty flag, and now they got different colors. It used to be just yellow and then like beanbags or something like that, different color beanbags for like fumbles or interceptions or whatever. But now they have a pink one they have a red one for the coaches but when you see that yellow flag that it means there's a penalty that the play that was that just occurred probably got wiped clean with the boys uh this season there was a penalty where it erased a 74 75 yard uh, touchdown run they just wiped it because there was a penalty that the referee called a foul saying that there was an illegal move when a player breaks the rules, a referee throws a penalty flag on the turf. Holding, pass interference, and unsportsmanlike conduct are a few examples of penalty causing infractions. A penalty usually means a loss or gain of yardage in one direction or the other. And that's the point, right? By paying the penalty of sin through his sacrifice, the Lord's servant atoned for the sin of all humanity for all time. You see... There was penalty flags. There's probably penalty flags that you can think of here recently being thrown at you left and right because the things that you were doing or the things that was going on around you weren't in the best, weren't, weren't the best for you. And so you see where God is intervening and the, the flag is thrown and you have to either move back or maybe sometimes the stuff was against you and you get to move forward. In the first few verses here, we're going to see that while Christ isn't specifically named, the author says that the, uh, theologians, let's see here, were talking about 
the wiping away of those penalties, the it's called atonement, but like making a way for those penalties not to be enforced. See, if we had that opportunity right there to challenge that penalty right there in that little league game, we probably could have made a case to say, hey, that wasn't really that wasn't really is what has happened. But you can't argue with the referees. You can't argue with the officials. You can't argue with the law enforcement people, the judges and whatnot. They give you a play, time and a place to do that. But right then and there, they got to enforce the law. Referees got to enforce the rules of the game. Otherwise, it's just chaos. Same way. God will intervene on your behalf. And he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to say, you know what? We don't care what happened. We're going to take that upon us. Jesus said that. I'm going to pay for their sin so that they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to get penalized. And that's what he's talking about. What was the ultimate cause of the atonement? It's a result of God's love and justice. Although the appropriate penalty for sin is death, God designed a plan to reconcile our relationship with him through the substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus' death on the cross. Christ bore our sin, God's judgment, and willingly sacrificed his life. He paid our penalty. As a result, the lives of those who choose to accept him are eternally altered. And so let's go ahead and get to our Bible here. Isaiah, remember Isaiah chapter 53, 52. And we're reading the first few verses here. So who has believed what we have heard? And to whom... Has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant, and like the like a root out of a dry out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he bore himself. Yet he himself bore our sickness, sicknesses, and he carried our pains, but in turn regarded him stricken. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. So again, what uh, a lot of the study, what the author is saying here in this part, we're referencing Christ's life, and we're referencing a prophecy beforehand. Because Isaiah was written in the old times, the new time, the, the New Testament was after or during when Christ was here. And so what a lot of people see this, these verses are is that time coming. And again, the, the point is that God has given us a promise. He's told us about another time ahead of us that we should look forward to his return. There's a good question here that it says, how does knowing the servant faced how does, this, how does knowing the servant face being despised and rejected comfort us? And I, it might give us a little bit of uneasiness really looking at this. Again, it says, verse 3, it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone, he was like someone people, someone, he was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. How can we take comfort in that? That's really painting a stark picture, a really big contrast between somebody that we like and admire to somebody that we don't really care for. But we can put, us, put ourselves in that place, maybe, sometimes. We can maybe think about how 
we are rejected sometimes. We are faced with certain deals that go on that don't favor us. God knows. Jesus knows. He can relate to us. He's the only one that can relate to us because, again, if there was anybody else that faced as much persecution as Lord Jesus Christ, it was him. As any of us, what we go through every day is nothing compared to what he took on himself as a servant to us, as somebody who wanted better for us. He took that on so that we didn't have to pay that penalty. So the infraction laid before us was taken away from us and said, nope, go ahead, keep playing the game. Moving on through verses 4, yeah, let's, re let's continue reading. We'll pick back up in 5, it says, But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went stray like sheep. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. For what reasons or purpose did the servant suffer? The servant, servant bore the punishment for our sin that all people deserve. Humanity gains peace as well as spiritual restoration and reconciliation with God through, through the servant's suffering. You see, this had to come to pass for us to experience what we have now and even in the future. And for all the ones that had been put to rest been put through the the ringer so to speak in the time that this was going on or this the time that this was being said right jesus paid for those as well and the amount of suffering had to be like that it had to come to that so that it could be completed just as god had laid it out like wandering sheep all people have strayed and sinned against god and that comes from romans three twenty three, a very strong verse when it comes to people talking about what we have done and what we what we are all guilty of atonement for sin is only available through the substitutionary sacrifice of christ's death on the cross the only way that we get to where we're going is through the cross through the blood okay reading on we're gonna read the rest of this real quick he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth now take that and, and mull it over in in your mind he was given all this stuff, but the only time he didn't even question, it wasn't even a complaint, but the only time that he had talked back, the only time that he responded in a way that was not godlike or Christ-like was when he was praying. And it wasn't a prayer of rebellion or anything like that. It was a prayer for an escape, which we all go to God for an escape. We all we should anyways. We should all turn to him when we need something done for us that we don't necessarily feel like we could, we're capable of. We go to him. That's what Jesus was doing in the garden. He was praying to God that there be another way, but not for his sake, but for God's will. And there wasn't. He prayed. He got comforted. There was some. There was a, a messenger sent to him that said, "We're gonna restore. We're gonna give you a little bit of strength and." You got to do this. You got to carry on. And that is where this this little verse, it's not even the whole verse. It's just this little part. It says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He didn't say anything. He didn't act out any kind of way. He knew what was upon him, and he took it, and he completed it. Get off there. Okay. 
Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before his shears, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment, and who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living, he was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death, because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. He knew what he was up against, yet he didn't... He didn't talk back. That's the best way I can describe it. He, he didn't have any hard feelings about it. He knew what was ahead of him. He knew that he needed strength. He knew that he couldn't do it alone. That's why he went to God. That's why he went to his father, asked for help. But he didn't lash out. And we really need to think about that part. We, Us as people, right now we got chaos going on, riots, all these things going on because we don't agree with what, the current atmosphere says we think that we are entitled to things sometimes that's not the case and that this is a good example here christ went and did what he had to do without rebellion verse 10 says that the lord was pleased to crush him severely when you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hand the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. And verse 12, Therefore I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels, Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. He bore our sin and was, was put to death to atone for the penalty that we were, we were flagged for. There was a flag out there. Somebody had to pay for it. When it's a team sport, usually the penalty is assessed against the team. But the real penalty, next day at practice or the next week at practice, that will be enforced because they're letting down their team. That is, that's not the case here. And that's what the author is trying to tell us about, is that this whole um, chapter is about a prophecy, about somebody who was sent to die for us ahead of time. But now it, we can realize that this is true. When Philip, and this is a, we'll, we'll wrap up on this point, it says, when Philip found the Ethiopian official, the official was trying to determine the identity of the servant found in Isaiah 53. Uh, verses 7 and 8. The official asked Philip if Isaiah was talking about himself or someone else. Through history, some believe his prophecy to be about the Messiah, and others believe this to be about the nation Israel. Jesus and the New Testament writers left little doubt as to who the suffering servant was. It's, it was prophecy. It was told before. It was all planned out. And it was wrote about before Christ came. After Jesus ate the Passover meal with his disciples, Jesus told them that Isaiah's prophecy of the servant being numbered with the transgressors was about to be fulfilled. In quoting Isaiah 53:12, what we just read, Jesus specifically identified himself as the one being referenced by Isaiah some 700 years prior to Jesus' Jesus's first coming. Within hours, Jesus would be hanging on a cross between two thieves fulfilling the rest of the prophecy in Isaiah 53. And again, we'll read it again. It says, Therefore I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death 
and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. That is a really good verse right there. And I, uh, it's, it's weird the way they, they title this and talk about different things the, on the Bible study and whatnot. But you see here, the title is appropriate. You see, God justified his people, his creations, you and I, through this act of sacrifice through Jesus Christ. See, he justified us through that sacrifice because there had to be a perfect one to be able to pay for all this. Somebody who lived perfectly, and that was Jesus Christ. He was telling about it beforehand in Isaiah chapter 53. See, God's going to justify us. He did. And that's what we can all take a good, what do you call it? We can all take comfort in that. What we talked about last week, comforting us. We can all take comfort that Jesus was sent for a mission to uh, atone for our sins. To wave that penalty flag off. We're going to be live here in about 30 minutes. Hopefully everything goes okay with the software. <laughs> we'll get live. We'll get started beforehand. I want to invite you to join us. And we will be back here shortly. So, God bless.